Welcome to Another Orbit, a podcast exploring our musical past, present, and future favorites. I'm Kaliza. I'm Suzeth. And, and we're, we're from, from Other Orbit. Orbit, a collective of DJs, musicians, and artists from Los Angeles, California. We're broadcasting live from our little space space in Long Beach. Our intention with this podcast is to explore our musical influences and how they've shaped us into who we are today. We hope that you can connect and explore with us. Maybe you'll discover a new song, artist, or genre, or maybe you'll reconnect with an old favorite. Each podcast will have its own mix or Spotify playlist, depending on the nature of the songs. We will include links to all mixes with this release. This episode is our first contact with you, our audience, and we will be discussing our first contacts with the music that made us. That's right, Suze. We are going to be deep diving, I guess you could say, into our world of firsts. Our first contact with certain artists and genres, for instance, I'll be going into the first time I, I heard techno on the radio. So with that being said, we hope you enjoy this episode. We will have a, a, um, an episode at least once a month and each episode is going to have a unique theme to it. So if you like this one, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook under Other Orbit, all one word. And that's enough of formalities. Let's get on with the show. All right, I'll start. Okay, so let's see. My okay, my first song out of playing like church Christian music. Um, yeah. I I was not really allowed to listen to music, mm-hmm. and the music I was allowed to listen to openly around the house was Beatle music. Ooh, um, yeah, I can. Uh, I <laughs> so hear you there. I can. I could listen to that, but like the first record that I do remember listening to. Um, and loving openly were these two records um, um planet soul set you free <gasps> classic yeah and and jocelyn enriquez Cla- um, another uh, classic yeah so those two two I, i'm not putting them in the same category I'll, I'll talk about them differently but um jocelyn enriquez i think came out what 97 yes it was uh, yeah i believe yeah. it was 97 and that one is like a little bit on the softer house side yes and it was it's it, it's and still, still very poppy and the reason why i knew I even knew about it was because uh, Carson has a is, is the city I grew up in, which is just outside here, Long Beach, and it has a huge Filipino population. Yes. And the Filipino girls in middle school fucking loved this track. singer of the song jocelyn enriquez had um um filipino roots yes she's one of the only like filipino women to hit the dance charts right like i think so yeah but um that record i remember just the beat to it you know i was Mm -hmm. like this isn't i know it's pop because Mm -hmm. you know the lyrics are very lovey-dovey yes but 
the genre of music behind it, I couldn't place it because I'd never listened to house before. Absolutely. You know, I never listened mm -hmm. to house before. I didn't know what club music really was. This is like before music was like so easily accessed the oh, way it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before, before even Napster. It was yeah. like Napster was maybe just starting by exactly. around then or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And imagine this. I loved that song so much. I never knew really the name. I never knew what the artist's name was. I just knew she was Filipino and I knew um, that it was like kind of a house song. And flash forward to 2000 and what, like 13, when we were at the Melody Lounge. <laughs> or was it like 2014? Something like that. Yeah. We were at the Melody 14, Lounge yeah. and you dropped that fucking song. I had I to. lost <laughs> my shit. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is the fucking song that I blasted like right. at school. Like, yeah, yeah. And you had it and that song was reintroduced into my life and really it opened up it, it makes so much sense on why i'm choosing this one as the one that opened it up because my favorite genre of music right now is house yeah it's always been heck but yeah that song like opened it up for me like the floodgates yeah totally and i don't blame you yeah that's so, a good starting that's yeah, a good starting song yeah and and even though i didn't ha carry it necessarily with me through the rest of my life because it's i sort of lost it when i went to high school because you know i didn't have the tape or anything like that yeah um it still very much influenced a lot of the stuff i really liked and yeah. listened to behind closed doors so that's my first track i'm opening up with your next one i was obsessed with cassette singles in my like early teens gotcha from you know t artists like tag team naughty by, by nature Ooh. house of pain onyx yeah but one cassette single that really stands out in my mind uh-huh is from a duo in the early 90s called deuce <laughs> you may remember them from the Daisy Duke song of all Come songs. On, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Daisy. Yes, that song. <laughs> yes, that song about girls looking those girls and those Daisy Dukes <laughs> was a song I was obsessed with. <laughs> which is extremely creepy when I think about it today. Yeah. But it wasn't really the lyrics, it was that sound. Yeah. It was that high energy, frenetic, yeah. like Miami bass. That was Miami sound. bass. That yeah. was, it was just, South. yes, What's yup. <laughs> and then later Quad City DJs yes. and, you know, and like the Tootsie Roll and all that. But yeah, that's, that sound to me just hit hard for me. Yeah. I thought it was just, it's, I mean, it's just relentless. Yeah. It's like relentless, energetic. The bass and the beats are unstoppable. Yeah, like, you just fast. can't mess with that. Yeah, yeah, you can't mess with it. And the track is called what? The track, it was actually the B-side on the Daisy Dukes cassette single oh, called shit. Deuces in the House. Right Here's on. a little clip from it. The 
lyrics are incredibly cringy, <laughs> but they they had their sound on absolute lockdown, and it's sound wise, it's a great album. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, it's that's a, gr- a it's that's a, a really good it's a really good genre. It's yeah. like for dancing for packing the dance floor. Just, As DJs, yeah. those songs never yeah. fucking fail. To keep honestly. the energy up yeah. and to just it's just not it, there's just nothing like it. It's just so I I mean, yeah, it's like your body just has to move whenever yeah, you hear it. Yeah, it's it's, it's so ridiculous. Paced, it just yeah. takes it just takes over. And how old were you? You were Oh, I was maybe like 12. Oh my yeah, God. I was 12. My parents uh, still to this day have no idea I was obsessed with that song because Imagine. I would just listen to on my yeah, I would just listen to on my Walkman. Like I knew Little it was a song. 12-year-old Sue's obsessed with yeah, this with fucking freaking yeah, with Deuce with Daisy yeah, the like, Daisy Deuce cassette single. Like oh. I know it's pretty unbelievable when I think about yeah. it, but no, it, I I also knew to listen to it on my headphones. Yes. My parents oh. to this day do not know that I was obsessed with that's that. That's awesome though. That's fucking, that explains so much too. Yeah. And it fucking really does. I know, doesn't it? Explains. It? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. It sure does. Well, what else uh, do you have to explain? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, my next one, I'm going back, touching back on the planet soul, uh, set you free. The first time I heard it was like, sometime in the middle of the fucking night on like power 106 yes when did they were yeah. they would have like their house mixed down fucking yeah like house hours like in the middle yes. of the night when the djs power would tools. go was yeah, this still called power yeah. tools back then okay and the djs would take over and just fucking mix and play and just play whatever the fuck they wanted yes and i remember waking up and just hearing that like laser like synth Mm-hmm. You know, yes, just hearing that. Oh, wow, yeah. And the the repetitiveness of the vocals, and mm-hmm. it was like very ambiguous to me because, I, like I said, I'd never really heard this kind of music, yeah. and I had some frame of reference because you know um that the house music really like went a little mainstream in the early 90s with um you know like the real mccoy and, oh, and, and, LaBouche yeah, and Bruce, all, yep. you know, all these like yep. bands, so there was uh, a context to it in Absolutely. mainstream yeah so absolutely. i liked it but planet soul set you free yeah. was like a club track yeah released from yeah. well, i know this now but it's like released from, from strictly rhythm label and that's mm-hmm. who did like masters at work and todd terry and yeah wow yeah, okay and they had a lot of you know, they're they're a still around house iconic like fucking wow okay record yeah label because this uh this track sounded a lot less like pop than say like yeah. crystal waters uh, you yes, know what i mean or exactly. like cece peniston or yeah the jocelyn enriquez and planet soul those two records 
really set the tone. They set you free. Yes. Did you, um, I used to think listening to that song in the 90s, I could have sworn they said such a dream. Uh, and it wasn't until I saw it in writing that I realized that they said set you free. I, I didn't even have so. that. I was like, chechu tree, <laughs> chechu tree, chechu tree. I didn't even know. And, uh, and the, just feeling the electricity going through my body hearing that track like yeah. at such oh, a low yeah. volume i was having this like fit to not turn up the volume yeah. and dance What's, uh, what's your next track? Well, this is interesting because we go from Planet Soul to Planet Caravan. Ooh. And the Planet Caravan song I'm talking about is, well, we're jumping genres here to Black Sabbath, the one and only. Um, this was actually the very first rock band I ever got into. Nice. And it was my gateway into, you know, dark heavy shit. Nice. And I can't even remember how I got into them. Might have been Beavis and Butthead. But I also remember having the Wayne's World soundtrack. Oh, that's and a good one. they had a, that soundtrack had a Black Sabbath song on it from the Ronnie James Dio era. Okay. So yeah, that explained why the vocals sounded, comp vocals on the Paranoid album yeah. sounded completely different to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Paranoid was the first rock album I ever bought. I chose the song Planet Caravan. That's a good one. Not a song that I think most people would associate with Black Sabbath. Not at all. I certainly yeah. didn't. In fact, this was ironically the my least favorite song on the album when I was when, when I first uh -huh. you know started listening to it and, gr and grew up. It was kind of slow uh, and yeah. This song is really soft and atmospheric, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but it has a little bit of okay, a yeah. safari yeah. air kind of vibe to it, right? And this is very unexpected for Black Sabbath, right? It, it is for Black Sabbath. Yeah, for Black Sabbath, you absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let's let's hear a clip. Seriously, though, I mean, yeah, they're just no, they're like such a huge metal band. Yeah. And they come out with a track like that. I think, I think that's it's badass. It's unexpected. That's it an is. unexpected track to yeah, choose. Yeah, that's is. really good. Thank you. I really like that song. Thank that's you. a good one. I dig. Thank you. Uh, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your next track? Uh, my next one, and this is my first like foray into rock and roll i guess you could say oh okay um it was the year was 1997 and yeah, uh <laughs> and the backstory to this was uh my brother lived in the garage mm -hmm. separate from the home and he was never home 
so I spent a lot of time in there playing PlayStation and, mm-hmm. and doing my own thing and, and stuff like that. And he secretly had his girlfriend living in the garage. And oh my God. she had her CD collection in the garage there. And um, before this, I'd, li- I'd been listening to like Pink Floyd's The Wall over and over, yeah. The Doors. And yeah. I was getting kind of bored with the records that my brother had in there. So yeah. I threw um, Sleater Kinney, Dig Me Out. And just wow. just the opening riff to that album, mm-hmm. I remember I put it on, and I stepped back from the the CD player, and I was listening to the riff just blow my fucking face off, and nice. then Janet Weiss's drums kick in, and I'm suddenly on my wow, brother's yep. bed, jumping on my brother's bed like Heck what the yeah. fuck Hell is yeah. this? Hell yeah! And I lost my shit. opened up a like it opened up a dam of riot girl music for yes me. after that i listened to the rest of my brother's girlfriend's now wife mm-hmm. um record collection she had bikini kill she yes. had so many others um on there she had, i fell in love with riot girl music in that um in that moment and sleater kinney dig me Very out nice. for me i put it on a tape um because my brother had just gotten a a, a like a eight cd changer oh, with geez. two tape decks on wow. it so i was able to make tapes for my friends and wow. stuff like that yeah i love I, I i just i fell in love with that album i fell in love with every song every i found all these nuances about it and it really made me appreciate um two guitars yeah i play a, and, and off each other they're playing yes, off each other sometimes yeah. in rhythm sometimes in yes. very different um different formats each song was like and so the drumming was just so thumping it's like god that, yeah damn she it. kept that yeah, rhythm you janet know what i mean has, yeah, janet, she's yeah. otherworldly in terms yeah. of like keeping up with the beat and yeah. creating a new yeah. beat and sometimes holding up a song yeah absolutely and there's some tracks on there that she held up the song she, and yes. um and i fell in love that was that was my um first foray into riot girl music what's your next track that is awesome yeah <laughs> that is awesome i mean the first i guess current band that i got into mm-hmm. which makes sense after black sabbath was believe it or not smashing pumpkins Ooh. yeah they were you know like on the surface less dark a lot more accessible than than black sabbath I was obsessed with their first two albums, Gish and Siamese Dream. Oh, I also love beautiful. Yeah, and I loved um, their B-side album that came out after Siamese Dream called Pisces Iscario or Iscariot. I'm sorry uh-huh. if I totally butchered that. <laughs> but they it, they just have this really psychedelic, this heavy yeah. psychedelic, colorful sound. It's like I'd hear the guitars, and it's like I'd get like. I'd get synesthesia. Like oh, when you see, yeah. I feel like I get, I got that sometimes when I listen to their music yeah. because it was just so sonically, like, you know, sonically overwhelming. You could yeah. hear, you Let's know. Let's give it up for James Eha. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, seriously. And yeah. there's obvious influences of, of my bloody Valentine in there. Yeah. 
and just real colorful stuff. So what was the the track name? Which one? Uh, um... The track is is called Rocket. Okay. Let's, we're gonna play yes. a we're gonna play a track right now. We're uh, we're gonna play a clip right now. the audience is gonna love that and like you said it, it's not one of their biggest biggest no. fucking hits definitely so not the world is a vampire showing some people some <laughs> new smashing pumpkins hits that yeah. they don't quite know Let's see. My next one is, um, this one hit me, um, because it introduced me to Missy Elliott. Yes. Ooh, Missy. Okay. Missy Elliott is one of my biggest influences in terms of thinking about artistry and originality and somebody who encompasses dance, music videos, originality you know all yes. these things yes and uh the song is suck it to me off her uh debut album super duper fly. fly that's a great album and here's a little clip was directed by hype williams yes. it features lil kim and brat coming in to rap at the end and the reason oh. why it really i fell in love with it was because i was i loved video games and yes. the music video was very much inspired by mega man that song sonically put me in front of hip-hop and r&b and um, I Very had nice. listened to, you know, Tupac and yeah. all that other stuff, but female oriented hip hop, mm-hmm. it really put me in front of it. And Absolutely. from Missy Elliott, that's when I started to really fall in love with like Foxy Brown. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, Lil' Kim. Yes. And I just, I, I followed their work too. Nice. Um, and Fo- Foxy Brown fucking is one of my faves too that's gonna be on another one oh, that's good, yeah. definitely gonna be on another one so um yeah so missy put me in front of female oriented like hip-hop music and i and i love it that song introduced me to timbaland and after that like i've been a, li- a lifelong fan oh, of timbaland wow. yeah oh yeah she put him on the map yeah for sure. she did she, she really did yeah and timbaland has in turn like transformed other people's careers like um we would like justin timberlake justin would not timberlake, be re- no. relevant right now no without no. timbaland without the help of that black man yeah. timbaland is like fearless too yeah and so is missy elliott so yes. i think that's why those yeah. two together yeah just 
fucking yeah. blow my mind. But more so, yeah. Missy Elliott, every album she's released, I've I've wholeheartedly loved. Yes. Okay. Oh, I don't Each blame you. One. I have waited and bought it the minute it came out. <laughs> always supported her fully. Like I've yeah, always bought the albums yeah. that have come out. Nice. So Missy, oh, and also like on Super Dupa Fly, dude, let's not forget, I Can't Stand the Rain. I can't okay. stand the rain. Uh, and that iconic video with the, uh -huh. like, the trash yeah, bag Yeah, the big trash bag, bag with yeah. the fisheye lens, yep. you know, just dancing yep. and stuff iconic. like that. It's very, very iconic. iconic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love her. What's your next track? Absolutely. Okay, well, my next one is another female artist that I respect the hell out of mm -hmm. is Bjork. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So which which track off of the album was the one that oh, fucking another, fucked you up? Another, it's a dark, kind of a, the, a darker, heavy one. The song that kicked that album off, Army of Me. Let's, let's hear a clip. about that album from yeah. that that psychedelic bright pink and orange uh, that, dunkin ooh. donuts theme cover yeah i mean yeah. I, that, that wasn't the theme it's just i just that's <laughs> yeah. obviously it's orange and pink if you yeah. grow up in the u.s then that's what you, you associate with yeah. orange and pink yeah just that cover and then that entire album i just played on repeat yeah and there was just so much beauty in it i mean you know people you know there's that stupid drum machines have no soul bumper sticker i've seen oh, i mean God. it's but the thing is that her album was electronic but it was like the most human thing i'd ever the, heard it was it was beautiful yeah i've read somewhere that a lot of her beat samples and music samples yeah come from physical components in her real world that makes sense you yeah know, that I, makes I know sense. there was um one song i can't remember it sounds like she recorded it in a cave Ooh, okay. and it's because she actually oh she did it yeah okay you yeah know? that's so there's, yeah there's a very inventive yeah you know aspect to the way she composes her beats right it's not all synthetic together. like yeah, yeah see that's the thing that's true artistry there's and a it, warmth yes there's a war yeah absolutely yeah. there's like a true warmth there's artistry there's beauty there's so many different layers yeah and plus the stuff was catchy it would get yeah. in your head another michelle gondry bjork uh, collaboration with yep. the video where she's in that driving that truck big old tank and she the, drives the over tank, the yeah the car. tank and there's yeah. the teeth and it's like got this weird dental theme yeah. and it's and, and it has yeah. that same vibe as human behavior because like yeah. everything about it has this handmade yes. silent film kind of quality yes. to it i think this one's a little yeah. darker but there's still that Definitely. same magic literally it, it is like grayer yeah it has like a yeah. metropolis kind yes. of vibe uh -huh. to it absolutely like, absolutely yeah. is that you know yes and even the bugs in her big ass tank yeah have like in the, the bugs in the grill are all fluttering and yes they look yeah. like aluminum oh. and, and, and cellophane-ish you know th yeah it's very inventive that's a beautiful it. track that's a I really love, good and one. it's kind of dark and heavy and it's 
I, it sounds icy. Yet. And you're right. Yeah. It kicks off the album kicks literally off, in that your crash, face. That crash, that crash sound yeah. effect. I mean, <sighs> amazing. <laughs> amazing, yeah. So yeah. experimental. I also love the uh, remix album of that album called Ooh, Telegram. Yeah. Very noisy. I mean, just the stuff she's come out with is just so unique, so original. So, yeah, so yeah. inventive and experimental yet listenable. Yeah. It didn't sound self-indulgent. Yeah. And she never seems to compromise her her, her visions or her view. So yeah. that's why that's why I, I respect her so much and that's why she's so inspiring to yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. You know? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. That's a good track. Thank you. Let's see. Um mine mine kind of moves into um sort of when I <clears throat> discovered punk. Oh, okay. Um I still loved electronic music. Right. But um I, I don't, I don't want to say I discovered punk because I'd heard, you know, fake ass punk like The Clash and shit like that. Like I'd heard that stuff and, you know, post punk music, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But when I heard Flux of Pink Indians oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, Rudimentary Peni, mm -hmm. stuff like that, because my friends were listening to it. Um, but none of that music really gripped me per mm -hmm. se. Yeah. Um, until one of my friends played crass penis envy oh okay oh and penis envy had um joy joy de, de vivre i can't remember joy de vivre i don't and, know and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah and and the other singer eve um they were both at the forefront for this album oh the track off that album that really really hit me was uh Berkadex bride and it starts off very tropical and airy and soft and really sweet and then it suddenly plunges into this song that is in your face and uh, here's here's a shocked by the state of society but as for you you're a The whole album covers feminism and systems of oppression against women, where it be advertising or um, how women are conditioned to grow up. It was an album that opened my eyes to a lot of, of feminist issues that I, I, I didn't even have any idea existed. The best part of that album for me is that it showed me that punk is whatever you want it to be. And those right. albums, like some of those songs yeah. were like more on the synthy, dancey side. Yeah. Some of those tracks were a little bit on the softer, sweet side. Um, and But they still had a punk quality to them because of the lyrics. Yeah. Like the lyrics were very much speaking about feminism and, yeah. and um, oppressive systems and government and stuff like that. And that album, I will say instituted my feminism and Very it cool. really kicked even though it's probably white feminism because yeah, I, I don't think i've heard them speak about any kind of like mm. oppressions against women of color right who have, you know they because they are further marginalized than just yes. women yeah so um cool. yeah so what's your next track well i think this 
band is punk as fuck. Ooh. I don't, you know, people are not going to consider them uh-huh. that way. But to me, their attitude, what they did is punk as fuck. Uh, this band is called Atari Teenage Riot. Oh, yeah. They did their own thing. They didn't give a fuck. They j- and they mix genres that should not have been mixed together. Yeah, like absolutely. They were none. a hardcore band. They fucking were. Yeah. yeah, they fucking were. But then they like they would put like t- elements of like techno and punk yeah. and some fucking metal riffs in there with some drum and bass break beats. None of this should have fucking worked. That no. sounds tacky <laughs> as fuck. That sounds tacky. Yeah. That does not. That sounds like a, a train wreck. That sounds like new metal. <laughs> You know what I mean? That sounds like a train wreck. Yeah, it really does. But no, like it their does. their stuff is. I mean, it's not always. It's not easy listening. It's not like pl- it's not always pleasant to listen to. Yeah. But you can freaking bang your head, and you can, you know, you can. This is shit you can mosh to. But yeah. remember, you know, if there's an energy. Yeah, 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 you can do all that. But remember, if you're some, you know, fucking neo-Nazi scum, this music is not for no, you. No, because that they were formed as a response. Yes, they were. To- yeah, in Germany, yeah, yeah in Germany neo-Nazi. against like yeah. Nazis and nationalism and stuff. And again, there were uh, there were a, re- a, a really diverse band. I mean, of course, you know, you had the white guy, yeah. but you also had guy from Swaziland. Mm-hmm. You had Hanin. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. uh, Nick Endo, who's half Japanese, who I thought was an absolute badass. Oh my goodness! When I saw the Two Dead for Me video, mm-hmm. let's play a clip of Two Dead for Me. And yeah, and, and they were well loved in like the music community too. They oh, toured yeah. with a diverse group of people. Well, they really did, yeah. And they were on uh, Grand Royal, who was the Beastie Boys, yes. uh, there, which yeah. on the Beastie Boys yeah. label. But no, they did. Yeah, they did. I know they opened for Nine Inch Nails uh-huh. for a while. Um, and. Who I can't remember who else, but they did open like for Wu Tang. Oh, think that's they, right. They opened for Wu Tang and like Moby. Yeah, and fittingly scope, so, yeah. they opened for Rage Against Machine. That's too. right. Yeah, yeah that's so. right. And um, one of the members, Hanin, she was apparently pregnant for two tours. Woo! So to be, yeah, to be. I mean, that I know that is no fucking joke, like, dude. Yeah, touring. I know is probably any touring is, is any artist is probably challenging and difficult yeah. when you're pregnant. But to be an Atari teenage riot, like I. I saw them at the Troubadour yeah. back in 99. That was a, sh- that was such a, sh- that was a show. She was climbing on like the scaffolding. Dude, that's I mean, fucking badass, So dude. one of the most energetic dude, shows so badass. ever. And I got to see them, yeah, before Carl Crack passed away. That was soon before. No, he like he, died early 2000s, right? Like I think 2001. Oh, yeah, I think okay. 2001. Yeah. Like not, yeah. yeah. So it's giving me a really good picture. Oh, that's thank you. That's really thank cool. Thank you. I guess I just, I just gravitate towards artists who just kind of do their own thing and just, I yeah. guess, kind of combine elements that yeah. you wouldn't expect. Yes. Which brings me to the album, which is my next one, is Air Moon Safari. That is such a beautiful, oh my goodness, that's an, yeah, that's a beautiful album. I needed album. that album. Yeah. I needed that album. The track I'm going to play for you guys, La Femme des Agents. Yeah, that's, that's a hard, if you don't speak French, don't that's speak hard. French, to, yeah, so that's a hard I, to, uh, so that album um and here actually let me play a little clip before i go further
and it kind of places you it, it, it's it's a meditation album for me because in those first few moments when i put the headphones on to listen to it i i warped onto a beach i yeah. you know it's it's you know how when you're meditating and the meditator meditator advisor whatever is like close your eyes Yes. Now imagine you're on a beach. Oh, jeez. Now imagine you feel the water hitting your toes. You know, it's like that album for me was guided meditation. Oh, yeah, without before the tackiness, I even, before, Yeah, before yeah. I even fucking knew it. Yeah. So oh. soft yeah. and melodic yes. and atmospheric and gentle. Yeah, it's like um, a lullaby. But, it is. But like yeah. more on a deeper level. Uh -huh. you know? But the whole album is so beautiful. And I highly recommend it to anybody who just needs like 45 minutes of relaxation wow, yeah. it just takes you to another place it really does like, and you can read while listening to that album. yes you can yeah you, you can do can. your uh -huh. homework yeah you know yeah i've listened to it in traffic when yeah. i started uh -huh. to get road rage yeah, yeah. fucking cure yeah it is amazing i i highly recommend it to it's anybody it's like who background needs it. music because it genuinely is ambient like uh -huh. it has that kind of ambience yep. it has the atmospherics it yeah it's gorgeous like it's just gorgeous as a, yeah that's the word musically it's gorgeous yeah and this album is kind of like my pink floyd's dark side of the moon Oof. where i can way visually... better than pink floyd. sorry <laughs> no offense i just yeah it, i i can i can imagine a whole movie to this yeah. album too What's your next track now the next artist is very you know is she's very controversial is not considered a musician by many Ooh, and i am talking it? about mia <gasps> yeah <laughs> and there is no one out there uh like her doing what she does no and also i feel like her being a visual artist gives her gives her music i think a kind of level of of depth yeah of an edge yeah an edge yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly definitely. and it it's like she and she it's she has she's her own self-made brand yes you yeah. know i think because of that and because i'm sorry anyone who says that who denies the fact that music a big part of music is visuals is lying uh, or no. in denial it and it's, huge, it's hand yeah. in hand it, it is hand i hand. mean even you know, anti-fashion. Yeah. Even when grunge came out, it was yeah. totally anti-fashion. That became a fashion. Yes. You know, people yeah. thought that looked cool, so they yeah. wanted to, you know, look like that too. So I don't care what anyone says. I feel like visuals are a major part of music. Yeah. And she's completely embraced that yeah. and used her visual artist background to run with it. Yeah. So which which track is it? It's Bad Girls. Ooh. Yeah. Bad Let me girls. play a clip. Let me play a clip. See, this Bad Girls 
is kind of like a Riot Girl anthem to me with a lot of swagger. Yes. The oh, that's yeah. a good way yeah. to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Because I mean, yeah. in the video, like, there's just she's just out there, and there's those cars, like, you know, driving on their like their sides. Oh, yeah. It's just uh -huh. wow. But it's seriously like this feminist Riot Girl anthem with like a ton of swagger. Yeah. Lip fast, die young bad girls do yeah. it well. Talking about the chain hitting her chest and Ooh, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I first heard Galang, I was like, what the heck is this? You oh, know, what would, are all these colors? Great yeah. That's a great fucking track. Dude. Yeah, and it's just surreal following her, following her trajectory from that from somebody who who didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, you know, a real struggling artist. For anyone who wants to learn more about her, there is uh, a documentary she created uh, about herself uh, or her. Uh, I think a friend edited. Oh, yeah, yeah, friend edited. Uh, and that one's called yeah. uh, Mat Matangi, right? Yeah, it's like M I A Maya Matangi. Yeah, uh -huh. like it, it's like three yeah. of her names. She yeah, goes yeah. By. It's like the whole time she's like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a filmmaker and I thought yeah. that's what I was going to get into yeah. but then her grandmother was like sing yeah sing. you should sing and she sing. was like you could see what? her being like no what? like I don't okay, know what you're grandma. talking about yeah, yeah whatever yeah. and there and here we are flash forward yep. 2019 she's a fucking rapper and she uses her voice in in response to current events yeah. and things that happen and yeah. she uses her platform in mm -hmm. those ways yes. and the documentary also showed how she's not taken seriously because of um, yeah. her platform mm -hmm. you know how she's yeah. like stick to uh, music you know stick to music uh -huh. aren't you a pop singer mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah, dealing with the misogyny behind mm -hmm. being a woman and trying to speak about political things. Yeah, but yeah. then on top of it, the deeper misogyny of being just discredited as a, a singer, as a yeah, you know whatever. Absolutely, you're just here to entertain. You're an object. That track, "Bad Girls," is a fucking bop. As Heck a kid yeah. said, yeah, that, that's yeah. a good one. Okay, what's another track you love? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out "Lady Tron" there. Ooh, yeah, "Lady Tron." Lady Tron. The 604 album, the specific track I'm thinking of is called Disco Tracks. Mm electronic music was on more on the whimsical side yeah yeah because yeah. of their lyrics yes yeah you know it, it, it's like twinkling like i can't no I can't, it is no know? i know it's very clean but it's very yeah no, i know yeah, i know i know what you mean it's synthy it's very synthy yeah it's, it's experimental synthy kind of but it's minimalist too in a way yeah, yeah it's minimalist yeah. i had you know moon safari mm -hmm. but there was something about moon safari that left me wanting to experience more it was kind of like moon safari was my gateway drug mm -hmm. and i was like i need something harder i need something yeah i need something that's gonna satisfy this like feeling i have in into the deep into the bowels of this house yeah which is a reference to my future self <laughs> right here and i think it was even before 2008 i can't be sure but they played disco tracks and hearing wow. that music live yeah, from oh, these yeah. two girls mm -hmm. um, out of the speakers it created this fucking texture that I've never th that I never experienced right. you know 
and the warmth that came from the speakers because of how deep the bass went yeah was just something else like my ears became accustomed to that and since then i've needed to like fill my ears with deep low dark bass yeah. you know yeah. stuff like that yeah so the great thing about that record too is like even though they were like dancey and electro clashy they still had their references of like yes. craft work and experimental yeah, uh, yes you know you nailed it yeah it, it was mm -hmm. very it, 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 it's yeah. a fun fucking album yeah it's really fun What's your next track? N name of the artist is Mr. Wazo. Wow. Not Mr. Oizo, as people <laughs> might sit, might think it's Mr. Wazo. I think I was pronouncing it like that when I first. I don't blame you. That. I don't blame <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. We don't. I mean, the, his name is French for bird, and you know, if you don't speak French, you're not going to get that. I didn't get that. I didn't know what that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, you know. Wazo is so. Is that how you say bird in French? In French. Yeah, yeah. Which is apparently where Tommy Wiseau got his name too from the Room fame, but he's Wiseau. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Mr. Wazo did come out. The Room came out in 2003. Mr. Wazo, uh, I think he started mu making music in the middle late 90s. Uh, fast forward a decade later, when I was into the kind of blog house um, electro scene, the song I chose is probably my favorite song of his of all time. It is called Your Liver. Let's <laughs> listen to a bit of it. It's one of my faves too. Heck yeah. Give me your liver and i'll give you my heart 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 give me your liver and i'll give you my heart 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 give me your liver and i'll give you my heart 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 give me your liver Give our audience a little bit of info about okay. what Blog, Blog House is. Blog House is actually, I, yeah, that time in the mid to late 2000s, mm -hmm. where there was Ed Banger Records. But, so we got the yeah. Cobra Snake. Co yeah, the Cobra Snake, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I, I know, Blog like, I've appeared on, but anyway, yeah. that's really embarrassing. You know? <laughs> Some of the members of LCD Sound System yeah, yes. were a part of that. Yeah, there was like, yeah, Mastercraft, yeah. Death the Mother uh -huh. Above, there was the Simeon Mobile Disco, Disco were yeah, a part yes. of that. Yeah, very, yeah, and, very uh, huge. And the group that that uh, got famous by remixing Simeon Mobile Disco uh, Justice ah, were one of the big yes. ones. I think Daft yeah. Punk had a resurgence from uh -huh. that scene. Yes, they yeah, did. Yeah, there was just, like, you know, Kavinsky came out of that. Yeah. My next track. So mine is is coming out of the Bloghouse era as well. Right, yep. Very influential um, era. Off of DFA Records is a little tiny band called LCD Sound. Oh! <gasps> Um, and for me, the track that fucking just blew my mind was um, a song written by James Murphy called Dance Yourself Clean. It's the nice. opening track from This Is Happening. Okay. And once again, much like Brickadex Bride, it mm -hmm. starts off very similarly, yeah. where they start off soft mm -hmm. and... You, you, the music is soft and the vocals are soft mm -hmm. and within two minutes the song plunges into a deep and voluminous sound that i feel like i'd never heard before Ooh. and 
much like how I felt when I first listened to Planet Soul set oh, you free, my goodness, where yeah. I just had to get up and had to move and had to start ingesting this music and beat through the rhythm of my body yeah. is how I felt with Dance Yourself Clean. Very nice. And the first time I heard it, I was, I'm not going to lie, my first... Um, my first reaction to it was kind of like, this song is very slow. Is this what this band is about? You know? Yeah. It was, I was, I don't want to say bored because I liked the soft vocals. I liked what he was singing about. And it, it, but the minute the fucking drums kick and I'm just going to play, um, I'm going to, my clip is not going to be from the beginning. I'm going to play you guys a clip from where that transition happens. And here, here it is. see what i mean like the song fucking just kicks the fuck in and it seems like everybody's just waiting off to the side while the music is starting and then everybody decides to come in on you know on the same uh, or on you know on on the beat and i i got i remember getting up out of my seat listening to this fucking uh, record and i walked around the room I, I was just like in awe of like how, what the fucking wreck what, what it was doing to me yeah and it was the wow. first time in a really long time that i had a song make me stand up in the middle of it and fucking that, be like yeah. what the fuck is this holy fucking it. shit That, that's my record. That's yeah. like my record that brought me back to my feelings of childhood with yeah. Planet Soul Set You Free. Yeah. That I Ooh, fucking wow. felt that. It was, yeah. it, I'd never heard a band sound like this. It, yeah. And there was just so much to dive into. Yeah. And I, I just love that record. And for anybody, that whole fucking album is really good. And even my older brother um, has, be has become a recent fan. And wow. He became a recent fan because of Dance Yourself Clean. Because okay. he was at the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's LCD Sound System oh, okay. show at the Hollywood Bowl. Whoa. And apparently um, he wasn't sure about LCD Sound System, yeah. but when they started to play that one and they kicked in in that oh, yeah. same fucking thing, it hooked him too. Oh, yeah. Well, they're awesome live. Remember we saw them at the Palladium? Yes, that, was, that was such yeah. a good show. That was really good. I was that like, was wow. so good. Yeah. They're an incredible band. They really do have... They have it in their bones. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe it. When they play together, they just fucking have it in their bones. Oh, yeah. And I love it. And, yeah. and this this record for me is still my all-time favorite LCD Sound System song. I don't care. Hell, I'm not yeah. a casual fan either. Oh. It's just one of my faves. 
Nice. So what's your Very next track? Nice. Well, we're going to st- continue a little bit longer in the blog. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. blog house era was apparently very influential. Yeah. I mean, it's a pivotal time. Like, we're in our early mid-20s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it on. was. Like, yeah. That's fucking. Yeah. Those are miles. And that was a gen- legitimate scene. Yeah, yeah that it was. was. A legitimate yeah, kind totally. Of scene. Um, so the n- next track I chose is by... Kitty is a collaboration between Kitty Smiles and Crookers, and it's Ooh. called Dickmatize. Let's hear a little bit of it. So Crookers, I discovered, I think probably when they hit number two on the Billboard charts Ooh, with yeah. the, that remix of Day and Night. They oh. this, this actually might they actually might be the most commercially successful on the charts I think so, on my because list. Day yeah. and Night, it was literally number two, number two, and it was yeah. played on Kiss FM. Uh huh. Day and Night was fucking huge. It was huge. That baseline, the claps, yeah. That's classic Crookers. It is. Yeah. When they came out with their debut album they had so i feel like they had so many collaborate like just collaborators you wouldn't believe like will i am and pitbull and like you know roshin from me. uh from maloko you know roshin yeah, murphy uh-huh, yeah uh-huh. she was on it i mean they had they had like just an insane lineup they came out with another album after that which went the complete opposite direction it mm-hmm. sounded a little more like crookers but it was shockingly experimental uh-huh. you know what i mean it yeah. was sounded like it that didn't sound like them either after their second album dr gonzo uh they split okay and one of them continued on his crookers oh okay like the other guy bought he went and did his own thing the the but then fra the guy who stayed he like he he crookers became a solo act yeah and he released an album called 16 chapel which is apparently <laughs> how justin bieber pronounced six uh 16 <laughs> chapel yeah <laughs> <laughs> true story yeah true okay, story real talk, that yeah. sounds like something I would have said when I was oh, like 10 it's okay but Justin Bieber in his I don't know late teens early 20s probably said that oh with, ac- with access to the internet in, anyway oh my god and that I felt like was a um, was going back to Crooker's roots nobody is immune this is a real condition you deserve you can focus and all you think of and about is the moment you will be back home. looks seems like he has a sense of humor. Even yeah. if you see him DJ, he like just doesn't seem to take himself completely seriously. No. And fun yeah. fact, Fraw's yeah. been DJing since he was like fucking eleven. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. Like he was a in like child. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this a is veteran somebody who was like literally born to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I found out that. Crookers did a collaboration with one of my favorite current artists, Kitty Smile. Uh I was like, over the, I was like, this is, this is, uh, this is awesome. Now, Kitty Smile, I got into a lot more recently. He is a, you know, he's from Paris. He started off as a dancer, part of the LGBT community. Yeah. Totally reps that. Definitely one of the most important figures in music I feel today. His new album, One Trick Pony, is really good. It's just full of really fun house tracks. 
I got into him when I first saw, uh, saw his Let a Bitch Know music video. If uh-huh. you haven't checked yeah. it out, definitely check it out. You know, I hope you catch a disease and your dick falls off. Putting that in, if you put that in a song, <laughs> that is that is the coolest shit yeah. ever. Okay, I love that. that is I the love coolest that. shit ever. Okay, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you can dance, you can laugh, you can everything. Yeah, yeah it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's a great track. It's it's yeah. it's just. And you said it had like kind of a dirty warehousey vibe. Yeah, Do you remember you saying it really yeah, does? Yeah, it's a that's a dirty, thing. Dark warehousey vibe. It's dark vibe. and gritty, yeah. but it's got those like you know, it's got those like humorous lyrics. Like uh-huh. I don't know, I just love yeah. it's that juxtaposition, that contrast, which yeah. I really love. Yeah, definitely. You know? Let's see, let's see. Okay, so my next track here's where I move into my thirties. Okay. Uh, remember when I mentioned when I saw Lady Tron that in two thousand eight that you know the speakers really fucking yes my last two tracks that i will talk about are oriented around the live electronic music um component of it and for me this track i heard um at a warehouse party Mm -hmm. and the dj uh, teased a little bit of the song. It had like a, a, a little bit of a twinkling vibe to it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that creeping twinkling. Yeah, that yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. And the track is called Omar S. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be myself. And here's what I'm talking about with the little twinkling bit. And you were not kidding. That literally are the only words to describe that sound. And (laughs) the funny thing about this track is that I had no idea what was being played when it was being played live. But the girl in front of me knew what song it was. Because she fucking lost her shit. And I stopped her and I was like, what what song is this? What song? I really love it. And she's... She said, it's Omar S. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. And I and I missed the last bit of it, but I just kept repeating to myself, Omar S, Omar S, Omar S, Omar S. And so when I got home, or, or I should say like, you know, the following few days, I was kind of going through the discogs and yeah. diving into YouTube and discogs and going back and, and trying to find it. And finally, I found the thank you for letting me be myself. And I instantly in my gut knew that that's what she said. And the minute I popped it on YouTube, I was like, holy fucking shit. I called Amoeba and Amoeba had the record. I drove down to fucking Amoeba. I bought the vinyl record for it. This track opened my world to collecting and buying house music on vinyl. But it was also the first deep house track that i owned on vinyl and deep house is not a genre it's a feeling you can't just make yourself a deep house artist Mm -hmm. the people have to declare you a deep house artist that's like the The beauty of this song okay but the track i love it so much because of its title which is thank you for letting me be myself and every time i listen to it and even time every time 
we've got to see it live from Omar's because yeah. we've gone to see him DJ yeah. several. Every time he's in LA, we're there. Yeah. And the minute I hear that little like yeah. hand clap, yeah. and then the fucking yeah. twinkling bit, Jeez. I'm kicking my way to the front. Hell and, yeah. And I fucking need to be right in front of Omar's as he's fucking DJing this song. It's so melodic and soulful groove. Yeah. It harkens back to like an early 90s vibe, even yes. though it was created in, yep. um, I believe it was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's but definitely Omar S has been around forever. And Omar S, if you don't know who he is, he's from Detroit. He's been DJing for like 20 years. He plays past, present, and future Detroit house, dance, techno, also yeah. Chicago. He la- Midwest area is definitely where a lot of really good house, like yeah. house and disco and techno yeah. has come from. Yes. Omar S really does pay homage mm-hmm. to his region and yeah. all of his mixes are fucking just incredible and they're beautiful and they teach you something deep about the genre, which yeah, are, oh, is yeah. really important for us yeah. as DJs to know. All right, what's your next track? Okay, well, this next artist, I would also like to thank her for letting me be myself. Right on. Though I do have to say, I do not in any way endorse Elon Musk. And I don't think I approve of every one of her collaborations or potential collaborations in any way, shape, or form. The artist I am talking about is Grimes. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I, and the song is called We Appreciate Power. All right, let me strike that up. Strike it up. It's gonna be my tune. Strike it up. We appreciate power. was not an instant grimes fan i decided to go on spotify and listen to her album visions mm-hmm. i was not impressed gotcha. i was like there's a bunch of weird high pitch shit and droney shit and like muffled shit and i don't i don't get it <laughs> yeah. i don't get it whatever but then she drops this we appreciate power track that was dark it was heavy it was melodic it sounded epic it sounded there it sounded grand i mean it just blew me out of you know it just blew me away like i just was listening to it on repeat for like i don't know a week like one song it was like it got it it got like that intense but then i kind of did some research on her i kind of like what she stands for she seems very independent she's not mainstream she seems to question a lot of shit i found out she writes and produces all you know all of her yeah. music does all the artwork she has you know, a hand directs every videos yeah like she's in complete control control yeah. complete control of her art and her vision which i think you know is incredible yeah and the fact that she has no musical background she basically started 
just messing around on GarageBand. I think that's amazing. And, and part of the reason why she wants to be in so much control of her music, I think she's had men help her out with music before. They get, you know, oh, they got the yeah. credit for it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They'll take the credit for yeah. it. And so she doesn't want that to happen. So she, you know, she learned to like engineer her own music. She like learned to do everything. And I, Bjork was talking about that too, how yeah. um, they'll do something, but like a man that they're collaborating with or is helping them gets all the credit. Yep. You know, and I they know- They do one thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure MIA gets that too. And uh, Grimes has a very strong brand. Since she was originally a visual artist, like like MIA, she has a strong yeah, visual she brand does. too. It's yeah. all very organic, all very, yeah, all very self-made very strong you know very strongly branded yeah she's in that same vein uh -huh. of these people who defy genre they, yeah. they just do their own thing they're uncompromising And my last song, oh, it's, it's Grand Central Part 1, Deep Into the Bowel of House. This song in particular is a remix by Motor City Drum Ensemble. And here's a little clip. here it is a remix definitely an underground house rave kind of jam it's dark and it's bellowy nice. and live the music has a fucking texture coming through the speakers that is undeniable it's guttural the bass fills in the center of your body yeah it, it truly kicks into a house song when the hi-hat comes in yeah and it becomes like a swingy kind of hi-hat and it really just ups the tempo of the song and it fucking flings you the fuck out of out of town it is nice it's it's my favorite house track that i love to play at almost every set because it has such a dark quality to it and the important thing that i want to recognize about that song is that yeah it's a great remix and the original song is uh, from an artist named Terry Tamlitz, who goes by the name DJ Sprinkles. And DJ Sprinkles is an artist currently based out of Japan. 
And the original song comes from an album called um, Midtown 120 Blues. That record itself is deeply important in context of house music because it's a critique of where house music comes from and where dance music comes from. And the Midtown 120 Blues album comes from um, the idea of people, you know, being asked, what is house music Mm -hmm. and how do you see dance music? And DJ Sprinkles always cringes at the idea that these people who say, oh, house music is about love. It's Mm -hmm. about happiness. It's about dance. And house music comes from uh sexual and and like gender crisis and Mm -hmm. and you know black market hormone and this is like a quote from dj sprinkles too and it comes from transgender sex work black market hormones drug and alcohol addiction loneliness um police brutality queer bashing underpayment Mm -hmm. unemployment and censorship and wow. house music comes from all these things, you know, yeah. it, com- it it was a sort of marginalized, you know, part of the Chicago scene and that in the New York scene. And, um, and it very much, in- it was a part of the ballroom scene, which right. in that album, the Midtown 120 Blues, um, DJ Sprinkles puts a, shines a light on the fact of how Madonna came through in the early 90s mm-hmm. and stole the whole Vogue thing. Mm-hmm. And the quote from DJ Sprinkles um, at the end of the record is, when Madonna came out with her hit Vogue, I knew it was over. She had taken a very specifically queer, transgender, Latino and African-American phenomenon and totally erased that context with her lyrics. It makes no difference if you're black or white, if you're a boy or a girl. Madonna was making tons of money while the queen, who actually taught her how to Vogue, sat before me in the club, strung out, depressed, and broke. So if anybody requested Vogue or any other Madonna track, I told them, no, this is a Madonna-free zone. And as long as I'm DJing, you will not be allowed to Vogue to the decontextualized, re-edified, corporatized, liberalized, neutralized, asexualized, regenderized, pop reflection of this dance floor's reality and that is so fucking punk rock to me yeah hell yeah and the remix itself much like the original song definitely like live up to the last part of the name which is deep into the bowel of house and deep into the bowel right there like just gives you a visual indicator of what this sound is gonna it's gonna have oh yeah so with that being said, that that record right now is one that I will forever cherish and I put on almost once a week. I'm not even going to wow. fucking lie. And I've loved this song since when we yeah. saw DJ Sprinkles at the warehouse party. Yeah. That's my last track. This is the music that encompasses us to know that these songs were like the milestones that kind of turned you into one way or another yeah you know like yeah yeah it's really fucking cool to have a visual um and sonic like listen into our histories here yeah that's right on on that one thank you for joining us yeah so that was our first episode of another orbit we hope you had fun Uh, maybe learned a thing or two about us the next episode we will be talking about Bikini Kill and our favorite Riot Girl punk band. So, because we're going to be going to the Bikini Kill show yep. in April. So, yes. um, fuck yeah. Please stay tuned and, and 
please share with us your fucking favorite monumental milestone songs we'd love to know more about you guys and this is um i feel much of a collaboration between us and you we want to hear from you as well so we have an email other orbit la at gmail.com and cue out we love you goodbye bye thank you